Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? The battle is the Lord's. Praise be to God. Well, um, we have a, a busy day. It has been a busy morning and uh, some wonderful things today. You are, it's already been said, but uh, uh, Brother Fabronio will be speaking tonight and uh, uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. Our brother has been in many places into the depths of the jungles and the Amazon and different places. He was sharing a little bit and you'll want to be here to hear it. And they've got some video and some pictures and different things. And as Brother Ed said, uh, they've printed over two million books and over two million tracks and all told, including banners and psalm books and everything, over five million uh, objects, printing books and things. And so uh, uh, that's a major effort. And God blesses that sort of thing. And we are very thankful for them. And I'm looking forward to tonight. And it falls my lot this morning. I, I just received an announcement as I walked in. There will be a prayer meeting this Friday at 7.30 in the fellowship hall. Signed the deacons. Prayer meeting this Friday at 7.30. Amen. Also, before we go to prayer, uh, we just want to remember our... I just got a prayer request for uh, Brother uh, Shindy in Bombay. His wife, the doctors have given up hope. Her lungs are shutting down, everything's shutting down. And if God doesn't intervene, she'd be about 70 years old. And uh, we know that that's God's allotted portion, but we believe in grace. And our brother has just requested prayer. And so uh, we want to remember Sister Shindy in prayer this morning. Let's bow our heads together. If you have a need, why don't you hold that before the Lord too as we... Approach the center of the universe. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are the author of life. Lord, the scripture says, for thy pleasure, we are created, O God. Lord, you had this great plan in your mind before the foundation of the world, before anything was created, before there was angels. There's nothing new, Lord, but what you already know about it. Lord, there's nothing happening by chance. And Lord, we're remembering this morning our sister who is in need, Father. Lord, if the doctors say if something doesn't happen, they can do no more for her. But we're thankful, Lord, that you can do something for Sister Shindy. And we lift her up before you on behalf of our dear brother Stephen, Lord. May you just bless her, Lord, even now. May your mercies be upon her. If it be your will, Father, to extend her life, may you just pour health and strength into that body, restoring the the, the parts that are not functioning and giving that quickening power that was loosed at Calvary to pour into that human vessel, we pray. We give her unto you, Lord, that your perfect and complete will would be done. Not the devil's will, but your will would be done, O oh God. And Lord, we're remembering those that are in need this morning. We ask, Father, that you'll just touch our lives, that you'll come once again this morning in the power of the resurrection. Though we will speak of great things you have done in just the recent past, you're not a God of the past. You're a God of the present. 
Lord, as we turn back the pages of your word, may you anoint it afresh to our understanding. And Lord, may you give us revelation. And by revelation, may we overcome the evil one. We give this service to you now. Ask your blessing upon the reading of the word, the speaking of it, and all the testimonies in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn together to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 7. If you have the same Bible as me, that's page number 776. Amen. I don't, we're going into the book of Daniel, but I'm not going to spend the service. Might seem like a strange scripture for a mission service. But I'm not going to spend time on the intricacies of the types and the the shadows. And I just want to look at the positiveness of it here as we speak about what God is doing in our day. Uh, Daniel chapter 7, and we'll read from verse 7. Just waiting for those pages to stop being flipped. Amen. There we go. All right, Daniel 7 and verse 7. After this I saw in the night visions... And behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. I want you to notice that now. Two things. Uh... It was diverse or different than what went before. What went before was a beast like a lion and like a bear and like a leopard. All right. Now this beast is different or diverse and it had ten horns. I considered the horns and behold, there came among them another little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots and behold... In this horn were the eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. And I beheld till the thrones were cast down. And the ancient of days did sit whose garment was white as snow. And a hair and his head like pure wool. And there we see Revelation 1 and Revelation 10. The description of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says his throne was like a fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued forth and came forth from before him. Thousand, thousands ministered unto him. Ten thousand times ten thousands stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were open. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn said or spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body was destroyed and given to the burning flame. Amen. Amen. The Lord add his blessing to the word. You may be seated. So Daniel kept watching. He kept seeing in this night vision or dream that, that he was having a beast with incredible power which trampled all before it, but it came to its end. Amen. Why? Because the books were opened. Now we realize that this is speaking about the great judgment. When the, when the devil and the beast and all that's associated with it, and again, I'm not going to go into the details, are thrown into the lake of fire. 
But nevertheless, that the great judgment is just the culmination of what is happening right now. Because right now is the final act of redemption. And then the devil is bound for a thousand years after the tribulation time. Are you with me? So that there's no events of the devil through a thousand years of tribulation. But at the end of that thousand years, then is the judgment day. And so the events that are happening now in relation with war to the devil will take a step from today right to the judgment day. So what we are seeing now as pertains to the devil is right now just before his judgment time. Are you with me so far? All right. So the scene describes, and I'm going to just say here now, the scene describes the devastating effect that the revealed word has on the kingdom of the devil. Let me say it again. This beast was terrible. This beast was powerful. It was trampling all before it. And a beast represents a power. And he was trampling all that was before him. But when the books were opened and his secrets were revealed at the judgment day, then he was powerless. And he was thrown into the lake of fire. Amen. And so we find then that that even right now, brother, let me just say it this way. Brother Branham, he had a vision, and he saw in the vision, I'm sorry it wasn't his vision, it might have been Junior Jackson's vision or dream, and he says they were in front of a mountain, and Brother Branham took a wrecking bar and ripped the top off the mountain, and he says the the top being removed, he says under that was rock that the light had never shone on. Amen. Rock is the revelation of the word. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. And so now the light had never shone on that before. And and Brother Branham said, now keep looking on this. And there was many that looked. There was a few that looked, though there was many that went away. But it never described what happened to the top of the mountain that was torn off. But the Bible says that there will be a rock that is hewed out of the mountain. And it will hit the the image that was shown to Nebuchadnezzar and it will cause the image to crumble. Amen. What is it? It's showing the same thing that this vision is showing. It's showing what the powers that is loosed in the world will come to its end. You're living in that time. You're living in the time where the rock has been hewed out of the mountain. You're living in the time where the rock that the light has never shone on is now being shone on. You're living in the time of the opening of the word. And because of that, it brings devastating effect to the kingdom of Satan. All right. Now, I read this before, but last time I preached, but I'll read a portion of it again out of the church age book, chapter one. He says, the devil knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church, And what she is and what she stands for and that she can do the greater works. She will be an invincible army. Let me say that again. If the people or I shall say, I'll say when the people get the true revelation of the true church, not man's idea of church, not denominational idea of church. 
but the true revelation of the true church. It will show her who she is, that she can do the greater works, and that she will be an invincible army. Amen? Listen, you might not feel that way this morning, but you should believe that way. I say, oh, Brother Tim, I feel very weak. But because God anointed a prophet to say that, I say amen to it. He says, if they get the true revelation of the two spirits within the framework of the Christian church, and by God's spirit, discern and withstand the Antichrist spirit. Now notice that. By God's spirit, not by education, not by learning, not by understanding in your own mind, but by God's spirit, Discern and withstand the Antichrist spirit. Satan will be powerless before her. This great power that tramples everything before it. But when it comes to you, because you're walking in revelation, it is powerless before you. Says he will definitely be thwart, he will be as definitely thwarted today as when Christ withstood his every effort to gain power over him in the desert. Yes, Satan hates revelation, but we love it. With true revelation of in our lives, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us, but we will prevail over them. Amen? I was struck Wednesday night by the power of one page of the message. In Brother James' testimony. How that as a boy of 17 years old, God saw that there would be some message materials that would reach an individual. He would not believe them. Matter of fact, if he believed them, might might be detrimental to God's purpose. Because he needed to be in the market with them, tearing them apart. As he was wrapping up his curry powder in that message tract. The the Lord God has spoken that Brother Hildebrandt put out. And as he was wrapping that up, a young boy comes by and says, what is that? And he says, give me a page of that. There's something was moving him to get a page of that. And so, because he, he, he bought a page for about five cents, he, he went and he read that page. Listen, it's not the paper. It's not the ink on the paper. It's not the fact that somebody printed it. It's the truths that were contained in there. And those divinely revealed mystery truths turned his heart back to the faith of the fathers. When he saw the true revelation of the Godhead, it quickened him and said, I must be baptized. He's 17 years old. He doesn't have anyone to, to, uh, to baptize him. There's nobody that believes the message in his entire language. The, uh, Uganda was barely out of civil war. It was in the 80s, in the beginning of the 80s. Brother Hildebrand had not even traveled there yet. And and so here he was wondering, what will I do? And God honored his faith as he took his friend to the river and says, you baptize me. You baptize me, but I want to hear you say, in the name of Jesus Christ. And he was baptized and became the beginning of the redemptive work of God in that entire area. Till this day, there's over 360 churches. I don't know about you, but I am awestruck at the power of one page. 
And one of the great things that Brother James was sharing with us, I don't know if you caught it. He says, and it's not just the fact that there's numbers and there's churches. He says, but to be able to come into church and to preach the word and to watch the Holy Ghost fall on people and quicken their lives and deliver them from the things of the world. He says, that's the greatest thing. It's not the numbers. Amen. So I want to say this, if that's the power of one page that's been released in this hour to combat the Antichrist spirit, I'm going to say it's appropriate that 200,000 or 200 million demons were released in this age against us because if they weren't here, it wouldn't be a fight. So great is the power in the message. So oftentimes we talk about the 200 million spiritual demons. But let me say, if they weren't here, it's not a fair fight. So great is this message. One page. Hundreds of churches. One page. Hundreds of churches. One page out of the message. One truth. Change so many souls. I don't feel sorry for the devil, but I'll say it's not a fair fight. And I don't want it to be a fair fight. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, Brother Brad, I'm talking about these 200 million demons. And I have to just hurry because we we don't want to keep you. We have a service tonight. We're back to two services. Praise the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And tonight's going to be wonderful. And Brother Brandon says in Feast of the Trumpet, and he's talking about these 200 million demons. He says, it's a power. He says, he says an ecclesiastical power. Jesus said it'd be so close like the real thing. It'd deceive the very elective if it was possible. Listen to this statement now. But he promised to have something here for us in that day that we wouldn't be deceived. And that's the word. And Christ to make it manifest to us. The word of God is not a debate. The word of God is to be manifested. Amen. He says, then he says, they're supernatural demons unseen to the eye, but you can see what they're doing. Then he refers back to Daniel here. He says, notice while that group is writing, making themselves ready to stomp out everything that don't agree with them. All right. And so we know that's the power that was mentioned in Daniel. All right, there's another group being made ready after a while. Revelation 19, the next time the church is heard, she comes not exact, also not upon exactly horses, but the Bible says he was riding on a white horse and the host of heaven was following him upon white horses. All right, so these horses represent power. The devil's riding on the power, or we should say the Antichrist is riding on a power, but we're riding on a power. Amen. So he says, he goes down, I won't read it all, but he talks about the effect of it. He says, here is that ecclesiastical system coming right back, smothering out, tramping out everything that's called God. 
All right. Now we see it in the news. We see it in the age. We see there's no accommodation anymore. If, if somebody's against me, uh, I'm not talking about me, but if somebody's against someone, they want to shut them down. They want to stamp them out. It's not, well, we'll come to some mutual agreement or we'll come to some kind of accommodation. That used to be what politics was about. Used to be what America is about. Used to be, you know, well, we've got different ideas, but you know, we'll accommodate. Now the spirit is kill them. Destroy them. Destroy their reputation. Say any kind of a lie about them. Whatever needs to be say. Why is that? It's the spirit that's on them. And don't think it's one side or the other. It's the spirit on the age. A power that's been loosed in this age by 200 million demons. And don't think that it's not loosed upon a system. Because the Bible says in Revelation 10. This beast with 10 horns. There's a war. Uh, Revelation, I'm sorry, 17. That the, this beast with horns. There's a woman or a church riding on this beast. And she has a purpose. And her purpose is to shut the bride down. But I'll just say the message that we have is greater. Till it's almost not a fair fight. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself here. I see what God does. Amen. I want to show you what God does. God is doing tremendous things. Not just in Uganda, but all around the world. You can start the slides. This is a tremendous thing. I want to talk about these countries today. Just thought I'd show you. We're going to take you around the world in a trip. And uh, I don't have time to talk about everything. I don't have time to talk about the message hub and different things. We'll just fit in what we can relating to recent events in some of these countries And it might say, well, this is a small part of the world, but this is only the part that we can share this morning. In every country of the world, there's places that the word is going into places like it went into the marketplace for Brother James. We say, well, how is God going to save his elect? How did God save Brother James? He knows what he's doing. Amen. And so we'll start over in the country of India. Where the brothers in India have just uh, uh, reopened or opened the William Branham Good News Charitable Society. And uh, uh, this is to effect, and they're doing a great work now in bringing the message in the Indian languages online. Bible Believers has for many years, under Brother Biskel, been uh, printing the messages in India and, uh, and they, we, I don't even know what the, did we ever total up how many messages were printed over there? It'd be hundreds of thousands, millions of books. I know the peak was 60,000 books a month. And so it was, they were just phenomenally, uh, printing in every language and titles and printing and everything. Well, we, the age has changed and the tools have changed. So now we're able to put it up on the message hub and the brothers have worked hard to, Get the Telugu language available and the Tamil language available and the Hindu language available. They're working on the Marathi now and they just finished uploading the Marathi church age book, which means we'll just be generating the, the tracks for them because we have 25 tracks now that are generated out of the church age book and so on and so forth. So they opened the, the office there in Mumbai and this is brother Stanley Toscano, who I happen to know is watching this morning. God bless you, brother Stanley. 
and uh, he is the, uh, I believe, the chairman of the board there, and uh, uh, he, a uh, young man, works for Barclays Bank. And uh, and so we're thankful that God sent him by our way because he's been a tremendous instrument to move this forward for the Indian people. And so they have uh, labored and, and printed books. And my, there I see they even have my family altar book standing up there in the background. And uh, so we're, we're glad for that. And uh, to a small uh, print station there in the office. Uh, because their major purpose is to print the books on demand as they receive orders through the website. And they've just opened that. That has just opened in the month of August. Praise be to God. So this is Brother Stanley here and his uh, his uh, team there. Uh, they're all volunteers. And uh, even Brother Stanley's a volunteer. And so we thank God for all of their labors over there in the city of Mumbai. The message must go out. There's, there's people, all, whenever I go to India, and Lord willing, I'll still be going there one more time this year, is that whenever I go there, people always say, we need more books. And by God's grace, we're going to help them to help themselves. So I want to talk about print stations for a moment. Uh, we have had the privilege of, I'll just say, seeing a lot of laborers work in this area. Uh, over the years, we've seen in South America quite a number of print stations be established to print the message off of the message hub. And uh, it is a means to get the printing to the people. And I, as I've said before, the cost to print books locally and ship them is prohibitive. Brother Fabronio will be able to share that with you tonight. Even to ship from Brazil over to Africa, I'm sure costs a great sum of money. But to be able to to enable the people to print for themselves and to supply their own books, the title they want, when they want it. That is a great blessing to the people. And so just last week, with the help of Brother uh, Vernon Manahan, in uh, Philippines, there was established an office and a print station in the country of Cambodia. And this is Brother Paul. Brother Ernie knows Brother Paul. He met him on his last trip to the Philippines there. I met Brother Paul there uh, on my trip to the Philippines a number of years ago and when he was just a new believer. And now he's, he's done over 200 translations, him and his team. And Brother Vernon has helped him to set up an office and Bible Believers has provided the printer for the print station, while the the believers in the Philippines have provided the cutter and the stapler and other materials for them, some paper and that sort of thing. And the believers in New Zealand have also helped initially with printing some of the books that have been translated separately from the print station. But now they have a print station there in the country of Cambodia where the message is just new. I don't know if it's if there's been believers there more than five years. And uh, and so now they have the message in their language. You know, Brother Branham said we need to lay in the presence of the sun to ripen. God's not coming, as Brother James said Wednesday night, for an immature bride. He's coming for a mature bride. A bride that has received the word for her day to mature her into the image of Jesus Christ. So there you see, Brother... Paul printing, Brother Matthew will enjoy this, they're actually printing off the tracks that were organized by the local outreach team, and they're working together to get that done. This is a classic 
view of what a print station can do. And everybody pitching in and contributing to get the message out in their area. And there they are now in Cambodia for the first time. They have their own print station. They have access to the message hub. They're able to get the message. Their translations are loaded up to the message hub. Everything's in their hands now. Amen. May they run with the message. Amen. They don't need somebody holding their hand. Let them run with the message. Give them the message and let them run. And may God bless them over there. Great testimony has arisen out of Spain. Of all places. Spain, of course, being part of Europe, we wouldn't call it a third world country. And uh, how many remember Brother uh, Javier and Sister Gladys Guerrero that were here? And, and their son... Uh, I'll say Joshua. I don't think I can pronounce his name in, in Spanish. Josue? Josue? Okay. And uh, I get two different translations up here to the name. And, uh, and I, I would add a third to that. And so in Spain, they've never had a message hub, uh, a print station in Spain. And I was surprised. But Brother Javier had to leave the country because of immigration and now had to go back home to Spain and uh, and so he asked the question, and the pastor there wanted to know, can we get a print station in Spain? Of course, I said no. Of course, I said yes. We want you to have a print station. Now, the great thing is that the Spanish language will be the second foreign language that finishes the entire message in translation. And they may be finished even this year yet. They've got only about a hundred messages left to translate. Isn't that wonderful? And so all, Spanish is one of the great languages in the world. Many, many billions of people, if I can say it that way, speak Spanish. And so we sent, uh, uh, funds to get the print station and sent some equipment over to them. And here you see Brother Javier now in Spain, and that's his wife and, and I think that's his wife, isn't it? And uh, that's them working on printing message hub books over there in Spain. You might recognize some of these faces. Brother Juan Carlos just went over there to help them. And uh, and there was also a convention taking place over there. And there's Brother uh, Josue, Josue, Joshua, uh, helping to print the books. And they're getting the books in the Spanish language ready because they're having a convention over there, or they just had a convention where the pastor wanted to introduce the message hub to all of these brothers. And these are all ministers standing on the platform. So, of course, the next question is, can I get a print station in my church? Can I get a print station? Of course, available to anybody, who, how, whomever the Lord will provide for. And so they're excited about having access to the message in their language. And for the first time, the Spanish-speaking people in Spain have their own print station. Praise be to God. Isn't that wonderful? So you see some of our own people involved there in the country of Angola. How many recognize this brother? Amen. So I don't mean to make you a homesick, sister. <laughs> Amen. Brother George Oyatola has been a godsend to Angola. He he's brought his family here as his country his company has posted him in Angola. And we'll hear more about Angola tonight, I think. But there was one print station that was operated by Brother Jason Jackson's church through a brother in Angola, and they were supplying a number of churches with the message. 
And there was a brother, Jean Baptiste, who came to visit us specifically to visit Brother Biscoe here last year and uh, wanted to know about getting himself a print station. Well, with the help of Brother George and with the help of believers down in, uh, I want to say, Georgia, uh, Brother Homer Langoria's church. Uh, they provided funds to get a prince, another print station into Angola. And so praise be to God, there's a second print station starting up there. And there you can see the message books and tracts they're printing off of the message hub in Angola. And we were also able to send with Brother George uh, extra supplies for the original print station. They've worn out the cutter blades and the cutting mats and everything. So we sent a bunch over with them and, and said, God bless you for supplying the bride with the message of the hour. And so they're very happy. This is the brother here receiving the supplies for the first print station. Praise the Lord. Little country of Rwanda. Uh, we have a team that's working in Rwanda on translation. And uh, we help them a little bit financially with the translations. In less than two years, they have 184 met- translations done. In the Kenya Rwanda language. 184 in less than two years. I was talking to someone. I'm going very fast, aren't I? Am I doing okay? I feel like I'm rushing. But I was talking to someone not too long ago, and I said, you know, they were telling me they were doing uh, one title a month, and I can't remember who it was that I was talking to. And I, I, I said, well, if, if you do one title in the message per month, I says, you will be finished translating the entire message in a hundred years. That kind of hit them pretty hard. And here's some brothers in Rwanda that have worked extra hard. And they have a print station that we sent into Rwanda a couple years ago. But it isn't just that. I, I just wanted to bring this up for this reason. We, we also need couriers. Sometimes to help send supplies to these print stations, you might recognize this brother. Brother Okello has been to Africa a few times in the last year, and, and we, he always tells me, I'm going to Africa, you got anything I need to take? And I said, yeah, take some, take some ink for the print station. And so here's two ink cartridges going into Rwanda with Brother Okello delivering them. I don't know if this is in Kenya or Rwanda or Uganda or... It's, he's in Rwanda here. And so uh, the plane usually stops there anyway. And so uh, here he is helping them, giving them a couple of cartridges. God bless you, Brother Okello. And that's, that's my pitch now for anyone else that is traveling. If you're going overseas and you're heading into a country, let me know. So I can say, because the cost to ship these by courier, which is the only way, because if we send them by mail, they'll disappear. But if we send them by courier, which is secure, it's hundreds of dollars just to ship them. But if we send them with someone in their luggage, then it doesn't cost anything. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And uh, we're able to use the Lord's money for other things. Amen. So the Rwandan group is doing tremendous. 184 translations in less than two years. God bless them abundantly. Over in Peru, I... I we haven't, we're in the midst of talking to several churches to get five print stations strategically located in the country of Peru. And so we have a number of brothers, uh, brother Javier, as he was going home to Spain, he uh, stopped on his way to, in Peru. I'm not sure how Peru is on the way to Spain, 
but there was a connection there. So he said, is there anything I can do for you, Brother Tim? Yes. I says, we need to know what the demand is for books and we need to know what the people want to do about it. And so he went and visited churches in the north, the south, the east, and the west. And he says, Brother Tim, there's these five brothers that they're able to supply paper and ink if we would help them get a printer and cutter and things. He says they can print the message for their people in their country. How many love having the message? They would love to have the message. And so we're just in the midst of of working that out with them. We're pretty close to it. I want to help all the Spanish brothers, thank all the brother, Spanish brothers here. Brother Alex has been doing a lot of work and interpretation for me. Brother Alex Lardillier. Thank you very much, Brother Alex, and appreciate your labors. I don't speak Spanish. Matter of fact, I only speak English. Can you imagine, Brother Ernie, being a missionary and you only speak one language? It's hard to do. But we thank God for everything that He does. All right, on to the country of Ethiopia. Uh, Ethiopia is still a growing work. Matter of fact, you've heard lately about Uganda in the 80s. And if you caught what Brother James was sharing, he says back then, getting one soul was difficult. What was it? The beginnings of the message in the country. And that's the way it is in Ethiopia now. Because it's the beginnings of the message in the country. So they get one soul here, one soul there. But recently, they had three souls come to the Lord and be baptized. And we're thankful for that. Amen. This this young brother, I wanted to tell you about him. I don't have his name, but he's a believer from Tefera's village. Now, if you remember, Tefera was the brother, uh, not at that time a brother, but was the man that was supernaturally healed of tuberculosis on his deathbed. And he went home to his village and, the bro- and invited the brothers to the village to preach this message and tell people about the power of God that has been loosed in our day. Amen. You know, the devil had a hold on that village with denominational ideas. I believe it was mostly Lutheran, but also Orthodox, Ethiopian Orthodox. But God has a way of loosing His people in this end time jubilee. Amen. So He takes a man, and, and, and it really alludes to what Brother Biscoe said. It might look like a terrible situation. The man is dying from tuberculosis. But he had a cousin or a sister that had become a believer. And she, he, she invited the brothers, please come to the hospital and pray for my brother who's dying. Well, God supernaturally raises him up and sends him back to the village and opens the village up. And the stone that was hewed out of the mountain begins to destroy the works of the devil that are holding the people in bondage. And so as that word goes into the village, they've been trickling out one by one. And coming into Addis Ababa, the capital city, and saying, I need to be baptized. Amen. Here's another one that has come to be baptized. Pretty soon that whole dam is going to break. And that whole village is going to get saved. Amen. Won't that be wonderful? Amen. And so here um, is another uh, testimony of the power of the message. You know... I have a quote here for you in a little bit, but here this sister, third from the left, 
is actually Brother Mogus' niece. And Brother Mogus got married last year, but his wife still lives in Kenya because they're just working through immigration and they've just, they've just put plans in place for her to move to Ethiopia. Praise be to God. He needs his wife there. They've had a baby now. And so, uh, so there she is, uh, Brother Mogus standing there with his wife and his niece came to spend time with them while they were there. Well, she just stayed a little too long. God got a hold of her heart. God quickened her with the word. And she says, I have need to be baptized. And so God took that soul for the kingdom of God out of the hands of the devil. Here's another brother that's an unusual testimony. This young brother here is actually Kenyan. And his name is Elijah. He was actually born in the message. In Kenya. Comes from a message home. But he wasn't believing the message, so he was now gone to Ethiopia for work, because he heard there was work in Ethiopia. And while he's away in Ethiopia, lo and behold, who does he run into but the believers? And there's not many of them. But God brings them into the channel, brings him into the channel of the word and gets a hold of his heart. Amen. Amen. You wonder, oh, what about my wayward son? What about my wayward daughter? Don't you worry. God's in control. They must come according to your faith. And so here God brought him in. I'm sure it was a wonderful rejoicing at home with mom and dad and the family as their son is baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There you see the believers there rejoicing themselves. Praise the Lord on the banks of the river. What a wonderful thing God does. And so the the work in Ethiopia is going forward. The church is very poor. Uh, I just wanted to mention the needs that are there. We we have need to rent them a car. We rent the church building. We also supply for them the printing and translation. It's a beginning work. And, and the need is great. I wanted to share one thing. Sometimes people don't understand this. A car. How many have a car? All right. Now, let's suppose I took your car. Anybody have a car that's worth about $10,000? Put your hand up. Worth about. Okay, give or take. Okay, there's a couple. Hands went up. Okay, if I sent that car to Ethiopia, by the time it got there, if I paid you $10,000 for it, it would cost $34,000. Because the import tax is 240%. And so getting a car... Just a simple, low-cost car. I could buy, we could buy a 2003 Toyota Corolla. Anybody here drive a 2003 Toyota Corolla? I didn't think so. We wouldn't drive that car, right? Unless it's a young single brother that's driving a beater back and forth to school or something. Amen. God bless you, Brother Hammeister. Good to see you. And I wasn't implying it was you. So a 2003 Toyota Corolla in Ethiopia cost 20,000 U.S. dollars. Just wanted to mention that. So sometimes there's financial needs for these brothers. We think, well, they're in a poor country. Just get them a cheap car. There's no such thing as a cheap car. All right. Pray for them. Pray that God will provide for them. Amen. 
And so right now, we, they need a vehicle. The church needs a vehicle to get out into the countryside and, and reach out into these places. And so we rent a car for them. And, and as much as the Lord will provide, we keep doing that and hope that the Lord will provide for them. I won't talk about the church property or anything like that. You know, these are just needs that are on the missions field. And so I just share them. And the reason I share them, because it's up to the Lord to put the burden on somebody's heart. This isn't a pull for money. But if I didn't tell you there was a need, how could God work on you? So I'm just letting the Lord work on you. Uganda. Anybody want to hear about Uganda? Amen. Uganda is a great, great testimony. Amen. Lots of this going on. Week after week. Day after day. Service after service. You heard about it Wednesday night into the western part of the country. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable for many of the brothers in that country. If you caught what Brother James was saying, and I, I'm just reiterating because his accent was heavy, but if you caught what he was saying, he says, when I started baptizing hundreds of new converts, other message ministers phoned me to say, is it true? Did you really do that? Because it was almost unbelievable. They, in their own country, consider it a strange thing. But God is moving in an unusual way in the country of Uganda. And so there are tens of thousands of souls baptized. Some say 30,000. Some say it could be 40,000. You can't count those numbers. The word just goes out into the area. Just in the last year and a half or so, that's the kind of numbers that they're baptizing over there. So we thank God for that, but it creates unusual needs or it creates extraordinary needs. Last time I spoke about Uganda, I showed you this picture. This is a brother who's kind of in a central area that they use for meetings in one of the areas. And, but his church was falling down. And so, uh, there was some funds that were given, uh, for the restoration of this church. And we want to report by God's grace, it's almost finished. And so that's important that we get back to you and share with you these things that the funds are going to their intended purpose. All right. This is a church that has been worked on for years. This is also an old, uh, not an old message patch. So this is Brother Elijah, uh, whom I won't go into the testimony, but uh, he's in an area where he has now hundreds of people in his congregation as a very small building. And so they started building this church. And as funds have come in for him, we have provided they're almost ready to occupy the building now because the superstructure for the roof is up that means they'll be putting tin on the roof right away then they can use the building amen, amen. so praise be to god amen. it might not be fancy what like we have but it's a building and so praise be to god for that we're thankful for that this is the, the town of one wine see that tree there on the left that was their church when they got kicked out of the denomination, that's where they begin to gather, under that mango tree. And so this is a congregation of former Baptist believers. And so we can say now that uh, a little tin shelter has been, has been uh, put up for them. And they're now worshiping here under this tin shelter. So praise be to God. The structures are beginning to go up. Here we have Kayan Fuba. 
this is a place of fellowship that previously they had some iron sheets on the roof. They had a very rudimentary structure, so it didn't take uh, but a few hundred dollars to help them to build a more solid structure, put tin on the sides, and they're away because they already had tin for the roof or some of the tin for the roof. So praise be to God. Here they are worshiping. This was just this morning in their church. They're nine hours or ten hours ahead of us. This was their Sunday morning service. I say praise be to God. Amen. Amen. Majira. I have a special place in my heart for this place. This is where I preach where the Lord allowed a rainbow to appear. And so it kind of has a special place in my heart. I'd love to build them a nice concrete brick structure, but uh, we just don't have funds for that kind of thing. We need to spread our funds out as wide as possible. But this is the new structure that they're in now. Praise the Lord. And uh, they're able to worship there in something a little more solid than those tarps that they had to replace every few months because of the wind and the rain. And so God bless them there as the congregation continues on serving the Lord in the light of the hour. This is Nakalama. Nakalama is a bigger congregation. They had a little rudimentary. They had their own property. They had a little rudimentary structure or framework that they would throw tarps over when they would come and worship. So we're helping them to get a little bit more of a framework. I think this is going to be one of the ones where we put the concrete pillars up and the and the, the solid roof on top. And they can fill it in with bricks when they get the funds and the wherewithal to do that. And so it's a larger congregation. Needs something a little bit bigger. So God bless them there. And so there's all kinds of places. This is a new place in Uganda. This was just two weeks ago. This place had never heard the message before, but now they're hearing the message of the hour. A little thatched church there in Busulumba. And uh, the people are rejoicing to hear the message of the hour. Matter of fact, they're so rejoicing, they all went to be baptized. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. The work carries on and carries on and carries on. It's amazing what's happening. I I cannot, I wish I was more eloquent, that could say the words that would adequately describe the supernatural that is taking place in that country. The brothers, Brother Steve and Brother Fred, are out every week visiting somewhere or having ministers' meetings. Uh, Like like I told you last time I was there, I, I spoke to 500 preachers who had just received the message in the last year, year and a half. 500 ministers. So that creates needs that are there. And uh, let me just share some of the needs just for the sake of letting God work on you. There's still over 75 congregations in need of some sort of building or shelter. They have rain there. They have hot sun there. And they need something. And like you saw, some of them are just gathering under the mango tree. That's all they have for shelter. So you pray for them, that God will help them in this time of need. Some places it's impossible to rent. Some places they're not allowed to rent. I know there's a brother in Uganda whom the denominations have gathered together to ask the landlord of the building that they're renting, we will rent it from you at a higher rate if you kick that group out. Sounds real Christian-like, doesn't it? And that's what what has happened. And, and that, that group is being kicked out of their church that they're renting. They have nowhere else to go. They said, Brother Tim, what should we do? I says, I says, look for a cheap piece of land. And throw a tarp up on it. And see what you can do. See what God will provide. 
And, and you never know what God's going to do. Amen. So pray for these people. How many enjoy this nice room with nice benches and air conditioning and all that sort of thing? Praise the Lord. We're thank, I hope we're thankful for what we have. If any, if not anything else, we should be thankful for what we enjoy. We thank God for the vision of the pastor and how God has blessed the church here. And why has God blessed the church here? Because the vision is to get the message out. Amen. There's still need for transportation. There's funds coming in for transportation. Uh, we've mentioned that before. Uh, message books in Luganda, in English, in Ranyakatara. Ranyakatara is Brother James's language over in the western part of the country. And he told me that there's a new group coming in from a tribe that speaks another language. And I didn't get the name of the language from him. And uh, he said, this tribe has been very uh, fierce against every other denomination, he says, because they're Seventh-day Adventist. He says, so the, the Seventh-day Adventist has made large inroads into this tribe. He says, but seven pastors have come to the message of the hour. He says, what should they do? I said, well, you tell, he said, they want some tracks. I said, you tell them, get the church age book translated in their language, and then we can generate tracks right out of the church age book so that they can have them in their language for, for witnessing to their own people. You see, those of you that are, that have helped in the local outreach group, and you think, well, you know, those tracks are nice. No, those tracks are having an impact all over the world. And there's something that's, that they can do right out of the message stuff. They don't have to translate the tracks. They just translate the church age book. And automatically we generate these 25 tracks and they can take and print one and give it to somebody. Praise be to God. So pray for this new tribe that's there. Uh, it's kind of on the border of Congo and Uganda. And there's uh, seven pastors there that, uh, who knows what the future holds for them, but greater is this message than any power that's in the world. Bibles. We're now printing Bibles. I think I mentioned it before, we're going to be printing 10,000 Bibles. The last time I said 5,000. That number's kind of obsolete. We're going to print 10,000 Luganda Bibles. And that is uh, uh, something that we already have in the progress. And uh, originally it cost us $8.50 per Bible in the Luganda language to get them for the people. But by printing them and seeing this is a, this is a, an additional blessing to doing the Chinese Bible because we learned how to print Bibles. And so additionally to the Chinese, we're not translating the Bible. We're just taking a translation now and formatting it into a format that we know we can print cheaply. So instead of eight, eight dollars and fifty cents, it's three dollars and fifty cents. Now you multiply that by 10,000, that's a $50,000 savings. Praise the Lord. Which means we can print more Bibles. So we're very, very glad to do that. One of the things that has come up because of all the, all the ministers coming to the message, <coughs> excuse me, is MP3 players. Uh, we need MP3 players with uh, the message in English. And in their local language, whatever voice translations they have, which is right now for the Luganda language. We need a thousand of them uh, to be able to supply, I'll say, just the surface, just the ministers. 
the new ministers and some of the established ministers, which don't have this. Used to be in the old days, Brother Tom would know this, the, the, uh, the message tapes, cassette tapes. And uh, Sister Abigail Ray, I think, was showing the school what a cassette tape was the other day. <laughs> I said, God bless you. So now the children understand what a cassette tape is. And the, if you had a library of cassette tapes, it would cost you five to six thousand, I would say, to have this message on cassette tape. That's how expensive it was. Now we can put the entire message plus translations on an MP3 player for forty dollars. Forty dollars. Only forty dollars. Those of you that are mathematically minded are saying, but brother Tim, that's forty thousand dollars. Because you're talking about a thousand MP3 players. Well, we can say, Lord, why don't you inspire someone to give forty thousand dollars? Or we can say, Lord, why don't you inspire a thousand people to give forty dollars? Whatever way God wants to do it. If God's in it, God will provide. We're thankful for everything that the Lord has done. And we're thankful for what everybody is doing to provide to the need of the revival that's going on in that country. Isn't it wonderful to be a part of it? Isn't it wonderful to be in the middle of it? To hear, see these brothers come by, Brother Stephen, Brother Fred, now Brother James, and to hear what God's doing in that country and to hear them say to you, thank you. Thank you for what you've provided. If you provided a dollar, that's a book or two books. If you provided $10, what that provides, $40 for an MP3 player, this is not an auction. This is not a, a, a money grab. This is just saying what you provide has blessed those people over there. Hallelujah. I'm glad I can be a blessing. Amen. So that's the little MP3 player that we are able to provide for them over there. Amen. Thank you. Maybe I'll just cap it off the Uganda story. What do we got for time? I'll just cap it off with a short video here. Is that okay? Um, the Lord inspired Brother Mark Aho and uh, with help from a couple of brothers and uh, to get some people together to sing this song. And this is a new song that's written on the inspiration of the revival. We, I don't think you'll see all of it here on the video, correct? You won't see all of it. But the documentary part two is coming out and will be posted on the website by tomorrow. It's 47 minutes long and it goes now. The part one was kind of the history leading up to the revival. Now part two is the details, many of the details of the current revival. And some outstanding testimonies and things you've never seen before. And so that'll be up on our website beginning tomorrow. And uh, part of that uh, documentary, the brothers wrote a song for this documentary. Why don't you, why don't you play that and give us ample sound so we can hear it.
coming from the cities, they're coming from the towns, they're coming from the country, attracted by a sound. The thunders from the heavens, it echoes from the ground. For the spirit is crying out They didn't know I was going to do this, but if you were a singer on that song, stand up. All the singers, stand up. Come on. All those singers were from our church. You see them up there, 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 and there. Now you can give them an applause. Here is the mind that has wisdom, the scripture says. It says that in Revelation 17, as it's describing the woman sitting on the beast or power that has ten heads. Here is the mind that has wisdom. Or here is the mind of understanding. Or here is the revelation that comes to those who want to understand. Want to see what is happening in their day. There's tens of thousands of people in Uganda. There's people all over the world that are being impacted by the message of the hour because something is driving them to know what's going on. 
It's a predestinated seed on the inside of the inside. And the understanding is not by education. As Brother Branham said in the fifth seal, he says, don't try to get wisdom to understand. Just believe what he says. And the more simpler you can get, then there you are, you'll find it. Amen. And so the, the scripture says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of a man. And I'm going to Jesus here just for a moment for a reason before we, we take and close the service. We could close it right here talking about missions, but I want to just lay the word in for a few minutes. Because the service is not complete without the Word. And so Jesus, being God Himself in flesh, He knew that He Himself was an incomplete picture of God. Hello? He had the revelation, I'm an incomplete picture. There must be more after me. There must be others that come in. There must be other attributes that could fully express what my body is supposed to be. There's men and women in the first age down to the last age that's going to receive the message for their day. And the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was in Jesus Christ, who being in the form of God took on the form of a servant. God, let me serve. Hello? God, let me do something. Lord, let me be a part of the work that you're doing in the last days. Let the mind be in me that was in Christ Jesus. What a humble life we have. Limited. Constrained. Even tempted by the flesh that we have. I don't have time to really preach this here. But you're an attribute of God. You're an eternal being. You were in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. But you bypassed your theophany. You come into this world speaking lies because you didn't know who you were. You didn't know what you were in the thoughts of God. But one day God came by your way. But this body has not yet been changed. This body has not yet been glorified. So it's like we're in a straitjacket. We're a supernatural being in a natural straitjacket. That doesn't behave the way we want it to behave. That doesn't do what we want it to do. As Paul says, the good I would, I do not. The evil I would not, that I do. When I would do good, evil's present with me. There's always something constraining me. But there's something on the inside that says, though I'm in this humble tabernacle, I will serve God. Anybody with me? I will serve God. Brother James touched on it Wednesday night. He was getting a little bit on my subject. But but the question of what is wisdom? What is wisdom? Oh, this age doesn't know what wisdom is. Wisdom is meant to show God. The fear of God is the beginning of what? Wisdom. And so wisdom is not some kind of natural or man-made experience. But I also want to say, wisdom is not experiencing God. All right? That's the new birth. That's a change of nature. 
that changes you on the inside of the inside. But then the scripture says to a believer, to a Holy Ghost filled believer, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So wisdom is an additional gift from God or is something more as God begins to pour into our lives revelation to mold us and shape us into the image of Jesus Christ. Are you with me so far? So we realize that it's a character, a part of the character molding experience. Now there's a statement that that I've heard about years gone by. It's just a statement. And it's a statement that says knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And it's an interesting statement. I'm sure the person maybe that that uh, thought of it maybe didn't look at it the same way that I do. But I'll just say it this way. The knowledge is power when you look at it spiritually speaking. Okay. The opening of the seals is power that is loose to the church. It's overcoming because when the devil is exposed, he's powerless, which means you have power over the devil when he is exposed. All right. Now, knowledge can be defined simply in the natural sense as facts, information and skills acquired by a person. Then it says through experience or education. The theoretical or practical understanding of a subject. That's just the natural side of knowledge. That's not really the knowledge that I want to talk about. But it gives you an idea what knowledge is in the general sense. Now, a denominational person might say, well, you know what? All you need to do is know Jesus. Just invite Jesus into your heart and uh, say you believe in Jesus. And that's all you need. But we know that's not true. Amen. Because many think they invite Jesus in and they really don't. Because to invite God is to invite the anointed word for your day. There's, there's a, a Pentecostal idea and I, and I, I just mean this in the general sense that all you need is to be born again. And I'll just say, all you need to start is to be born again. All you need to get on the right track is to be born again. You can't even understand the kingdom of God except you be born again. And so being a born again believer is the very beginning of it. It's the birth into the kingdom of God. It creates babes in Christ. But just the same as I would say to my two-year-old son, listen, you're a human being. You've got a human spirit. You've got all the potentials. Really, that's all you need to know. Now you just go on and live your life and, and and overcome everything in life. No, he must be trained. He must come to understand what the potentials are within him. And that's the way God does to his children through the ministry, through the revealing of the word, is to sow in his children the understanding of Jesus Christ. I'll give you scripture for it in a minute. And so he pours in revelation that we might know why we are born again. That we might understand that the power that has been put in us is greater than the power that the world operates with. Amen. It doesn't matter what comes against you. No tool formed against you will prosper. Because of that quickening of the life that is within you. But you needed to be told that no tool in you would prosper. You needed God to make it real to you. Because the devil wants to come with fear. That's his only tactic. 
The devil wants to come and bind you up as the Bible says that Jesus came to loose those who by reason of the fear of death were all their lives subject to bondage. And so the word comes to loose you from the bondage of fear. So that you might receive the revelation, I am a seed of God. All things work together for good to those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. Amen. And when you walk by that revelation, no different than Brother Brown saying in the church age book, he says, when the church understands who she is, when the church understands she's the invincible army, when the church understands, what is he talking about? He's saying, you must come to a place where the word is more real to you than anything else. The original gospel that Paul preached says it this way. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1 it says, Wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now he's not talking about some kind of a spirit. It says the spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you might know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. See the, you'll see it in the documentary as you see many of the testimonies or some of the testimonies of the many believers that have been quickened by the word in their day. And they say, well, we went to the Pentecostal church and they, they told us just believe, believe in miracles, you know, believe in the miraculous, just believe, just believe. But that, but now we have the word and our lives are changed. Amen. It's not just telling people to believe. It's giving them the word because faith or revelation comes by hearing the word. If you give them the substance, it will change their lives. And that's the reason we're burdened to get the substance out. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It gives you the overcoming power. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. By faith, Noah. By faith, Moses. By faith, Joshua. By faith, the different ones down through the ages conquered in their age by the revelation of the word to them in Individually. Amen. He says in Colossians, he says, For this cause also, since the day we heard it, and I was talking to the church at Colossia, he says, Do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Full of revelation, full of power, full of God. Paul, what's Paul saying to the church? You, you've been born again. Don't stop there. My desire is that you'd be filled with revelation. 
My desire is that you'd be filled with understanding. My desire is that you'd be filled with it all. What does God do to fill you with it all? He reveals this to you. Line upon line. Scripture upon scripture. Here a little, there a little. Pouring in to His beloved children. The very mind of Himself. The mind that has wisdom. The mind that was in Jesus Christ. Coming into His children by revelation. Not by education. Not by teaching. Not by some man-made thing, but by you going to the Word and saying, God, open the Word to me personally. Colossians 2, he says, that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding. And to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's Colossians 2. You can read it when you go home. This is the original gospel. This is the gospel that come to the church. This is what's meant to quicken us, Paul says. Listen, I'm not, I'm not just going to write you a, a two scripture letter to the church and says, be born again and that's all you need. No, you need to be filled with God. You need to let God fill your every fiber. You need to feed on the Word until you're nothing but the Word walking in flesh. You need to stay in the presence of the Son and let the Son ripen you until all of the greenness of the world and all of the immaturity is ripened right out of you until you can face any obstacle and say, it's not my battle, the battle is the Lord's. Amen. It's not my difficulty. This is God's fight. I'm just standing here by faith in His Word. And nothing can stand like the, like the mighty Gentile warriors in David's time as they stood. One stood in a lentil field and stood his ground with a sword. Everybody else went their way. He says, I'm not moving. Either this is God or it's not God. He was following God's anointed David. He says, either God is with us or He's not with us. If He's not with us, I want to die here anyway. But if he's with us, he'll let me defeat the enemy. And he slew, what was it, 800? Or 600 as he slew them there in the field. Why? Because he said, my God is real. Amen. Amen. My God is real. I don't care what demon of sickness is on you. Your God is real. You stand your ground and you say, devil, you can't have this body. This is my body. It's given to me to possess. It's not the devil's playground. It's my body. And I will possess it in sanctification and honor. Doesn't matter what temptation the devil is playing with your mind. He might, you might think he's got the upper hand. He doesn't have the upper hand. Let me tell you, some you just raise your hands to Jesus and say, Lord, I need you at this time. I'm too weak to fight this battle. I'm too weak to overcome this devil, but he has the power. And watch him come on the scene. It's not perfect strength and perfect strength. It's perfect strength and perfect weakness. In my weakness, his strength is made known. Amen. Knowledge is truth that is revealed. And when it's revealed, it's truly power. Knowledge is not history. It's not what's going, it's not knowing what's going on in other people's lives. That's not knowledge. That you would be filled with all knowledge. It's not being able to scan some website. 
and see, you know, what somebody else is doing. That's not knowledge. It might be the tree of knowledge, but it's not knowledge as far as God is concerned. Knowledge is not witty sayings of some memes or something that you're able to, to, oh, that's a funny one or this or that. That's not knowledge. Knowledge is not jokes. To where, oh, well, you know, make fun of this or make fun of that or make light of this. You know, sometimes we get in hard situations and really that's what humor is. Sometimes you have to laugh in the midst of a hard situation. And and there's a place for humor. There's a place to laugh and there's a place to cry. There's a time for all of it. Knowledge is not being current in what is called news. And I emphasize called news. Because what they feed this generation is so inaccurate and defiled and slanted and pointing in a certain direction. That is not knowledge. Paul says in Philippians, Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss. It's chapter 3. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, of whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in Him, not having my own righteousness. This is familiar scripture to you. Paul, here, a Holy Ghost filled believer. Absolutely, he says, that I may be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. Then he says, that I may know Him. This is the reason I count everything lost, that I may know Him. If I could, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. That I may know him. Listen, it's not just a nice saying. It's not about being a Christian in an unclean age. Because when they say knowledge is power, what is power? Let me define power for you. Power is defined as the capacity or ability to direct or influence the behavior of others or the course of events. Let me read that again. The capacity or the ability to direct or influence the behavior of others or the course of events. Power is the ability to influence. Brother Branham spoke many times on influence. And he, and he specifically spoke about influence of another that changes things, that changes the course of life. Because as he spoke about, if I could say it this way, and I'm just going to try and con- condense it here. As he spoke about Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, being caught up in a vision, seeing God on the throne and seraphims around the throne worshiping him. And he's described it as holy angels, holier than angels, because not even angels were that close to the throne. So now he's describing this this great scene. Now I want you to picture it just a moment. This is not a scene somewhere. This is not a movie. This is not some act. This is the center of the universe. This is the center of creation. This is the one thing that matters the most. 
anywhere. Anywhere. This is God in His throne. The most holy God in the most holy place. And Isaiah sees Him in a vision. And he's not now on his face thinking, I got things I need to do. He's now thinking, my life revolves around this vision. My life revolves around what I'm seeing here. This is not to be lightly looked over in the scripture. But God has brought an influence into Isaiah's life. And that influence is God, the Word Himself. He says, I don't want Uzziah to be your influence. Let's nail it down this morning. I don't want the internet to be your influence. I don't want your education to be your influence. I don't want your family to be your influence. I don't want your culture to be your influence. I don't want your your country of origin or your continent or anything like that to be your influence. I want to be your influence. I want God saying, I want to bring you into my presence and to be the center of your influence. Not to allow things of this world to make you hardened to God Himself. That's what this message came for. Is not to, to give us, oh, our, our influence is Cloverdale Bible Way, or our influence is Jeffersonville, or our influence is Brother Biscoll, or our influence is Brother uh, Febronio, or our influence is somebody else. No, God is your influence. He wants to take you and draw you into that center. He says, He says, there's nobody else but you and me. You and Him. Just you and Him, Him expressing Himself by the revelation of the Word to you personally. I raised up a prophet with no education so that He'll say it just the way I want it said. And I want you to read it because I want to draw you into my presence. I want you to hear it because I want to draw you personally. He's not drawing you to William Branham. It's not about William Branham. It's not William Branham. It's not thus saith William Branham. Thus saith the Lord that we're interested in. He didn't bring us to draw us that way. He brought us. And there was there was Isaiah and he describes this scene. And I was thinking about it as I was praying about it. And, and saying, Lord, just take me there. Just let everything, all the other distractions fall away. I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to let the devil think that he can turn my mind this way. Or turn my mind that way. I want the word to be my influence. I want to stay in my place. Amen. Brother Bram dealt with that in the message influence. I'm going to bring this to a close here. He talked about King Uzziah and what got him off the course. He says, listen. He says, that's what happens in churches. He says, fine people, some of the best in the world goes to church. He says, but the organizational system gets lifted up. He says, that happened to the Methodists. 
Happens to the Baptist, happens to the Nazarene, the Pilgrim Holiness, the Pentecostal. Lifted up self-willed, self-centered pride that you can't tell nothing to. God can't find a way to get into their hearts. Listen, you might know more than me, but that's not more important. It's not how much you know, it's that you know Him. Paul says, I knew a lot. I learned a lot. I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I had all kinds of knowledge in the Hebrew system. He says, and I counted it. Not not some kind of, I'm just going to put it on the shelf over here. No, I, excuse me for saying it this way. I flushed it. It's gone. It's in the sewer system somewhere. I count it worth nothing. He says that I may know him. Because the word came that I may know him and know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and be attainable unto the resurrection. He said, Brother Branham says, he says, it's because they become a know-it-all that nobody can tell them anything. And by building themselves around reasoning with brethren, they build themselves around their creed. And when they do, they leave God in the back. He says, that's what happens to doctors. He's talking about medical doctors. He says, they get so self-centered that they don't need any help from God. That's when I don't want one fooling with me. He says, when you leave God out of anything, I want you to leave me out too. He says, then he says, you take a family of people that start going to church. And God will heal the family. He'll bless them. He'll give them the Holy Spirit in their lives. Little children will pray around the table. They'll pray before they go to bed. Mother and father will join hands and pray. And as long as they continue like that, they'll stay a family. But first thing you know, they don't have nothing. Maybe an old junk car riding around in it or maybe walking. Finally, they'll get a good car, a better home. And the first thing you know, when they want to get what they want, the world calls. A better class to associate with. They move into a different neighborhood. In there they find out they become influenced by the wrong influence. You must always stay where the kingdom of God is and where the glory of God is pouring out. Stay where you can be spiritually fed day and night. Amen. You can't say it any better than that. God sends His Word to an age, not to educate you, but to give you knowledge. What knowledge? That you may know Him and the power of His resurrection. That you may know, i got to just make it simple, that you may know, though I'm sick today, I'm the conqueror over that sickness. Because He's made me more than conquerors. Though a situation is going sideways, maybe in my life, my family, whatever it might be, it doesn't make no difference. Because He's the mighty conqueror. And He's the one that rules over my life. I know that He called me. I know that He justified me. I know that He predestinated me. I know that He's already glorified me. It's already a finished work in His mind, and He cannot lie. I had someone text me last week. 
you know, was worried about a situation. You know, I was, uh, I was just a little something that happened and somebody texted me, well, I was worried about you. And I said, and I just texted him back. I said, Philippians, what is it? Four and eight. Be careful for nothing or be worried about nothing. But by prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto God. I've no, I've come to learn that no matter what the situation is, there's no sense worrying. If I feel like it's out of control, I know the one who controls it. And so I make my requests known unto Him. Amen. You know, Brother Branham said it this way, in recognizing your day in his message, well, why don't the musicians come? He says, if the denominations would only quit condemning those tapes and would listen to them. What would happen if they quit condemning the tapes and started listening to them? I'll tell you what would happen. Exactly what happened in Uganda. That's exactly what happened. The denomination started to listen to Brother Branham on the radio. Then they find out, oh, these people don't believe like we thought they believe. They don't believe in baptizing in William Branham's name. They don't think William Branham's God. They, they don't teach this or that or the other thing. They still read their Bibles. They believe in their Bible. As a matter of fact, they believe their Bibles more than we believe our Bibles. And all of a sudden, their eyes become open and they realize like Brother James did in the 80s, I need to be baptized. In true Christian baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only way people were ever baptized in the Bible. I need that. And God brings them back. That's what happens when you start listening to those tapes. It's not a great big education. It's not learning all mysteries, though. God may reveal mysteries, and He will reveal mysteries to you. As Paul says, no doubt we will come to revelations and all of those things. That's wonderful. But the great thing is that God quickens the truth of His Word to you. And full obedience to the Word entitles you to the token. Amen. Another place in the same message, recognizing your day, He says, the same bride has recognized the evening light, be just begun to recognize. He says, the hungry Pentecostals, that's why I thought of this, the hungry Pentecostals, have begun to recognize that them organizations hasn't got the things that they're looking for. They're so twisted and tore up. It's the time of recognition. you got to recognize. The world's recognized. Science has recognized. The devil has recognized. It's the time that he can wreck women, wreck the church, wreck the people. He's recognized it. And God has recognized that there's a people on the earth that he predestinated to life. Amen. Amen. He recognized this was the time to send his message. And he did it. The people has recognized it. The bride time has realized the evening light. Hallelujah. How many have recognized it? How many has the word come to you? Amen. Let's stand together. How many would say, I'm glad the word came to me. 
How many would say when it happened in my life, it might have been 30 years ago. It might have been, for me, it was in the 80s also when God came by my way. And all, all I can say, I've never looked back. It was something supernatural and outstanding that happened to me that changed my life. It brought me into an influence that I said, I don't care about any other influence. I want to stay centered on this influence. Hallelujah. It was a great thing. It was a great thing that he did for me. It was a great thing how he set me free. I was in bondage. I was in bondage to the lust of the flesh. I was in bondage to my job. I was in bondage to different ideas. I was in bondage to worldly music. I was in bondage to rock and roll. Yes, brother Tim used to listen to rock and roll music. Matter of fact, when I married my wife, she said to me, I can't believe you listen to this stuff. But I listened to it. But I'll tell you what, when the word quickened me, the stuff that I used to love, I now hate. Something happened. A nature was changed. It was a great thing that he did for me. It was a great thing. And ever, and ever, we will lift up the name of the Lamb, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And thousands upon thousands minister to Him. Ten thousand times ten thousand glorified His name. Forever we will exalt the Lord. Hallelujah. What a glorious reunion we're going to have one day. When we see what God has done around the world. Just to hear today, just these few testimonies of the great things God has done. You'll hear more tonight. It causes us to rejoice. What is it going to be like over there? Who's going to be the chief song leader, Brother Ryan? All right, now let's just hear it from Cambodia. You sing. Let's just hear it from Uganda. Let the Ugandans sing. Hallelujah. Let's just hear the Canadians sing. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we'll sing it out. Yeah. Amen. It'll be glorious. I don't know who the chief song leader is going to be, if it's going to be Gabriel or whoever, but the angels can't sing Amazing Grace. It'll be wonderful. Let's bow our heads together. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Name above every name. Worthy that every knee should bow. And every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess. That you alone are God. And we just want to say from this little group tonight. We shall exalt your name forever Lord. And ever. And ever. We glorify you. For all the works that you have done. We magnify and glorify your holy name. Great is the power that you have loosed amongst your people in this age. We will not be denied. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for this time we've had together and the opportunity to share some things that you've done.
May you just bless us as we go our way this afternoon for refreshment. Bring us together again this evening. If you would tarry, may you anoint Brother Fabronio to bring us into your presence tonight. We give ourselves to you afresh now. Bless each hearer, and may your word become a greater manifestation in every life than ever before. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Shake one another's hand as you go. God bless you is the best thing you could say. The service is dismissed in Jesus' name.